You're listening to The Pastor's Cut, a podcast from Park Community Church in Chicago. Every time a pastor prepares a sermon, there's material that influences, shapes, and informs, but gets cut from the final preach. That's why we started The Pastor's Cut, to give you a chance to go behind the scenes and access the content that informs the teaching at Park each week. If you're wanting to grow in your understanding of and fascination with the Bible, you've come to the right place. This is The Pastor's Cut, and we're your hosts, Sharon Brandis and Trevor Lovell. Hey, everyone. I am so glad that Trevor is back this week. Hey, Trevor. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be back. Had to make it back before Joe stole my spot. So. I know. He treated last week like an audition, so uh, yeah. we're glad that you're here. Yeah. Thank you. Good to be back. It was a dangerously good audition. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who's our guest, and yeah. is he going to make us laugh? Uh, we'll see. Goodness. We will see. So our guest this week Pressure. is... Phil Adam is one of the pastors up on the north side of the city. Phil, good to have you with us. Um, good to be here. Yeah, yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about your role at Park and kind of how you came into it? Sure, sure, sure. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we came to Chicago about four years ago. I'm a wife and I, uh, Ruth. Uh, we got three kids. I'm Summer, Nora, Jackson. Um, they weren't all here when we, we came, but uh, we're from Ireland, so we came over <laughs> to uh, Chicago um, four years ago. Uh, we were actually at Moody at the same time. Yeah. We came over to go to Moody. Yeah, uh, we met at a potluck uh, oh, yeah. about the first week you guys were here. Wow. I so don't remember that. Time. That was a good January. <laughs> I guess you made a better impression on okay. us. Than <laughs> <laughs> so we were, we were at Moody, and then uh, we started going to Near North here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a little while, I started doing the residency program out in uh, Logan Square uh, location, mm-hmm. which is my church in the square so we were there for a year and then um i got a call to see if i was interested in coming up to the rogers park network um where they had a real heart to to see some form of a church planted the local church in west rogers park or around devon avenue and they were saying phil would you come up come up and try and figure this out with us how mm-hmm. would we do this how would we have house churches or home churches in devon avenue where there's people from all around the world a lot of muslims a lot of hindus and um, what would it look like to see a church there so i've mm-hmm. been up there um mm-hmm. on the the uh, teaching team in uh, south rogers park location as well so um i had a lot of fun uh up there that's where we are yeah 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 Mm -hmm. it's been cool to see the house church uh, in the plant up there and how that's kind of grown as well i remember like when you're first getting started and kind of organizing the team and thinking like Mm -hmm. how is man i'm glad that's filling not me (laughs) yeah Yeah. well we would not know what to do before we came to chicago we were uh, missionaries in china we worked with an orphanage there and different things Um, yeah so we just have a big heart for global ministry uh, and unreached people that don't know christ haven't got opportunity to hear of christ um get that opportunity so uh it really gives me juice up being up there with uh, people from all around the world yeah yeah Mm -hmm. you do it so well yeah. So well. Plus, you get to eat at House of Biryani quite a bit. Yes. So. Uh-huh. It was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. Well, for those of us that did not hear you preach this mm-hmm. weekend, can you give us a quick recap of what you did preach on in Exodus? Yes. yes. Um, there are a number of. Uh, it's going to a long text um, this week, and there are, there's a number of elements. Um, I opened up by uh, just giving a recap of the last uh, three months for Israel. They've been going through the, the wilderness, um, and it's just been hard. It's been really, really difficult. Um, they've been uh, pinned against the Red Sea. They've ran out of water. They've ran out of food. Um, they've been grumbling. They almost attack Moses. Um, and then they, uh, in, at the beginning of this week's passage, they're actually attacked by the Amalekites. So in, in Deuteronomy 25, we get a little more info about what that looked like. And it, it, it says that the Amalekites actually came up from behind. They, they picked off the weak and the, the, the vulnerable, and they came without warning, um, not following any rules of engagement. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been hard. 
hard. And then we get to the passage with with Jephro. He he turns up um, the the, the Moses' father-in-law, and uh, you know, on Sunday I reminded everyone, you know, this could have gone either way. You know, your father-in-law turning mm. up on your your doorstep. <laughs> that would actually Moses uh-huh. really respects his his father-in-law. Yeah. And brings him into to um, uh, the tent to, to to talk, and then really where I centered the whole passage was was or the whole sermon was around um, chapter. Uh, 18 verse 8 and verses 11 where we see that it was actually uh, through Moses sharing about uh, Israel's hardships that and that God delivered them that Jethro actually becomes a follower of God and mm. sees Yahweh uh, the one true God is greater than all other gods and um, that it was through mm-hmm. the openness and the honesty and the vulnerability of Moses of saying look this has been hard uh, mm-hmm. walking through this we've been grumbling um, we've been thirsty, we've been hungry, it's just been difficult. And there's a vulnerability to that instead of putting on a face. Moses actually shares that um, following God into the wilderness has been hard. And so I was just really encouraging um, our folks up at Rogers Park to do was to tell our stories, um, but not just to tell our stories um, in a way of glossing over things, but to be um, honest in our stories and to, to share honestly. Um, when we're speaking with non-believers, we can be uh, vulnerable with our struggles and our hardships um, mm-hmm. because likely they've got the same struggles. They're, they're working through the same uh, weaknesses that, that yeah. we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from that posture of humility, we have this beautiful opportunity to speak of God's grace in our lives it's, and His deliverance and yeah. how He is sustaining us and, and, and keeping us. Um, in the sermon I, I, I wrote, you know, that He feeds us when we're hungry. Uh, he's water when we're thirsty. He's patient when we're slow. He finds us when we're doubting. He's strong when we're weak. Um, yeah. So we just have this beautiful message of, of God's deliverance to share and the freedom in the gospel mm-hmm. to share our weakness. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is just a beautiful thing. Yeah. We talked about that really briefly last week. And one of the ways to just be reminded of God's mm-hmm. faithfulness to us mm-hmm. is to share our stories. Yeah. So, Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and powerful. And, yeah, and not just the triumphant parts, not just like the, the like this was great, and mm-hmm. um, but the hard parts too, the, the difficult seasons, because we all have those, but yeah. uh, not always the easiest things or the first things that we go to share about. Yeah. But yeah, you see that God works through those when we do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there's a pressure too, and the fact that, you know, Israel are about to get the law, mm-hmm. um, and we often think of like, we follow God, and then we obey the law, and then we're being a light, you know, we're being mm-hmm. this positive light to the world that will attract. Yeah. Um, and yet we forget that although we're a light, sometimes the, the, mm-hmm. the ball blows, you know, yeah. sometimes uh-huh. we're broken and we're not a light, so we can have a yeah. choice then, do we, do we try and fake it, yeah. or we be open as honest, and, and, and we feel, and I think sometimes... Um, we don't realize that in the gospel, we have a freedom to say, you know, mm-hmm. this is the law. This is what should should mean to be the light, but sometimes we're mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Um, and that's something that people can relate to. Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. delivers us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And as a church, as the big C church, mm-hmm. that sometimes we're held to always be a light, but we're not God. Mm-hmm. We're not Jesus. And sometimes the big C church, the light bulb goes out. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That yeah. God delivers. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, so, what got cut? What got cut? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, and this is maybe not something that got cut, but something that I just wanted to mm-hmm. extrapolate on a little bit further, but it's just the fact that at the foot of, of Mount Sinai in chapter 19, uh, God calls Israel to be a kingdom of priests. Um, mm-hmm. 
and it, it means that uh, what this means is that they're going to be a people that are placed amongst, with, beside the surrounding nations um, for the sake of pointing uh, the surrounding nations to God. Um, and then just we get in First First Peter chapter two, we the church are we're given the exact mm -hmm. same mandate. We are a chosen race, a royal priest, priesthood. Mm -hmm. um, we are to be a people who stand with amongst, beside the people of our neighborhoods, identifying uh, with them. We're, mm -hmm. we're in mm -hmm. Chicago with you. Uh, we're, we're Cubs yeah. fans. If, if you're Cubs, <laughs> I'm not, I don't even know, understand baseball. <laughs> I watch a game and I get a little bit, and then like you know, seven months later, I try watching another one, and it's all for gone. Um, <laughs> it'll take years to get yeah. there. Uh, but yeah, but I, I hit the cold. I struggle, you know, I struggle with uh -huh. Traffic, you know, uh, we party on the beach. We we struggle to pay our rent. We um, we try and get the best food in mm -hmm. Chicago, which is incredible. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, we're 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 with you. We feel what you feel here, um, but we we are also pointing you to God. Yeah. yeah, we're with you, but we're also pointing you to God. So we really just see in this um, this missional bent that's ingrained within the identity of the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what jumps out to me in you saying that is that as Christians, we're not supposed to isolate ourselves and mm -hmm. hang out with only other Christians. Yeah. We're supposed to be amongst everybody. Mm -hmm. And so I know your wife a little bit and mm -hmm. I have some friends that are friends with her and the kids are always hanging out together. Mm -hmm. And you guys have shared how you're always opening your home to other people. What does this practically look like for us to live amongst non-believers to point the light to God? Yeah. Um, I think one of the first things is, is is where we go and what we do. You know, where we have to look out into our community, into our neighborhood, and ask, well, where are the people? Um, mm. Are they in the park? Are they in a restaurant? Where are the where are the places and the spaces where they feel at home? And then how can we go and be at home there yeah. uh, as well? We are one of the conversations we've had up in West West Rogers Park is, you know, what size should a house church be, or what size should mm -hmm. a church be? Um, hmm. And we, we haven't got this, we've got this figured out yet, but you know, one of the kind of moments we had, we were thinking about, well, we want to be seen, we want to be known, we want to known to be the church, and then where are the places that we could do that? And one of the places was restaurants. We were like, well, I guess we can see mm -hmm. if they would let us come into a restaurant and sing and worship and proclaim the word as long as we get the food. And, and, mm -hmm. and, and they, they, people, a lot of people said, yes, a lot of Muslim restaurants let, let us in. Um, okay. And then we asked, well, how big should the church be? And then we realized, well, it should be whatever size it needs to be to stay present and to stay in a place where people can see it. Mm. You know, we could grow to grow, 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 and we've got 300 people, but then we need to be three miles away at, you know, mm -hmm. this auditorium and we mm -hmm. lost that visible connection. Yeah. Um, so there's things like that. We just, we can think through where, where are the people that we want to reach and how can we be there at home with them, whether it's a restaurant, a coffee shop, um, yeah. the beach, the park and be present there um, as the church. Mm -hmm. Wow. Hopefully that answers a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's yeah. that, I think the first step is mm -hmm. we need to get out. Right. They're yeah. not at home with us until we invite them yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> and then bring them into our home and yeah. make sure our home is a place of safety where people feel like they can they can be themselves and be yeah. um, normal. And, and even yeah. going back to sharing your stories, we have to lead with vulnerability mm -hmm. of our own struggles. Absolutely. Because mm -hmm. it's not going to be likely that yes. someone else is going to yes. open up with and their struggles. I, I shared a quote from C.S. Lewis. He says, the moment that friendship is born is when someone says, what, me too. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. like, and, yep. and we got to lead in that. Yeah. In yeah. our struggles. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, so what else do you have? The other thing, one, another thing, um, and I really didn't get a chance to talk about this at all, was just the, the, the impact that Jethro had on, on Israel after becoming a follower of God. And what we see happen is um, that Moses, he is, is like totally overburdened. 
Uh, he's totally mm-hmm. overburdened. He's he's trying to judge and rule um, all of uh, Israel. There's, there's mm-hmm. like two million of them, and he's trying to sort <laughs> everything out. Um, and then Jethro is there, and he kind of just looks at it all, and he's like, "Moses, this is this is dumb. This doesn't mm-hmm. make any any sense. You got to get some organization mm-hmm. into your into your <laughs> in, into your country." Um, so Jethro he he advises um, Moses to appoint judges to oversee. Um, Diff- mm-hmm. at different levels um, so that the, 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 the smaller issues would be dealt with and Moses mm-hmm. then could just focus on the, the big problems. Um, but I just think what we can really learn here is that remember that, that Jethro is, is a Midian priest. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a pagan priest. He, he's become a follower of God, but he still looks like a Midian priest, thinks like a Midian priest. Um, he still has the, the cultural baggage, the cultural awareness, the cultural vision um, of a Midian priest. And here he is. He, he has a, a seat um, around the table making a positive uh, difference in the life of Israel, God's chosen people. Um, and I think the challenge to us as, as, as believers, as, as small group leaders, as pastors, as Christians in, in our workplace is are we leaning and mm-hmm. learning from the, the diversity of thought um, in Chicago and around the world? Um, just asking mm-hmm. who sits, sits around our table that we're learning from. Yeah. Um, it can be comfortable just to, to listen to, to people that think the way we think, uh, people that are like us, because it, it affirms us. You know, it's nice to be a, to be affirmed. Yeah, I agree on that. Let's 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 stay together. Um, but if we we read this, we can see that Moses, if mm-hmm. Moses hadn't listened to Jethro, he would he would have missed out. Yeah, he would have majorly missed out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and just Israel would have been very disorganized. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and the same is true for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good point. And I think too that there's just there's never been a time in history, I, I think, where the world has been such an open book. Mm-hmm. You know, that we can learn, we can Skype India, we can go, you know, on a, mm-hmm. a ten-hour flight and be somewhere else around the world, and we have this ability to to glean. And um, mm-hmm. the world really has become this open book for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes a picture in my mind of someone that was very much living of the world uh, in the world just a life of sin and not knowing the Lord and then Mm -hmm. coming to faith Mm -hmm. and their their circle of friends, their habits um, might slowly change Mm -hmm. to look more like Jesus but their circle of friends aren't overnight going to become all Christians. And so mm-hmm. what a powerful way to uh, bear witness to God and his goodness um, in relating to like what you were saying of uh, things that the world is dealing with these mm-hmm. issues, these struggles that um, have changed over time. Mm-hmm. How do we learn about that? How do we glean from that? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it just makes me think of a new believer coming from a very um, non-Christian yeah. world, mm-hmm. coming to faith and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I think we see that in how how um, Jethro, like we see that he he sat with Moses, mm-hmm. he went into the tent, and then they ate together. They actually ate before God, um, mm-hmm. so that he he obviously. He spent time with Moses. Mm-hmm. In a sense, you could say he was discipled by Moses. Yeah. Um, and I think for a non-believer, you know, you don't that bit is so important of coming, engaging, being part of the church, connecting to the church, getting in a small group, whatever that mm-hmm. looks like, being part of your church. Yes. Um, and yet, we see that at the very end, Jethro actually goes back to his 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 country, so he doesn't disconnect from 
you could say the subculture that he's coming from um, and I think that's really important um, that mm -hmm. as we seek to, to reach this city that yes come be part of the church be part of small groups be be engaged be discipled learn yeah. and grow in your faith mm -hmm. and yet we want you to keep your connections um, mm -hmm. so that we can get the gospel back in there whether you, you yeah. come uh, to faith and you're an artist or um, you come from whatever uh, musical background or mm -hmm. wherever you do poetry readings down the road in a bookshop you know don't stop mm -hmm. that keep mm -hmm. keep that because yeah. um, we want to send the gospel in there mm -hmm. um, and you're mm -hmm. the people to lead us in creativity and innovation and in doing that yeah so absolutely mm -hmm. that's good practical advice of just sitting with someone and then they can recreate that right? yeah mm -hmm. they can see it being modeled to them and then they can model it to others yeah yeah, mm -hmm. but yeah, but then just don't miss the piece about he sat with Moses. He was discipled. Yeah. You know, he he, he, yeah. he was invested into mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. good. Yeah, yeah. So what else? What else do we have? The last thing that I just got is that um, actually last week we were watching uh, the Greatest Showman. Uh -huh. the show about the circus you, you um, recommend it i do recommend it yeah i do recommend it um, actually my kids were watching it i thought they maybe were watching it with trevor's kids but then uh -huh. i realized no they're watching yeah. someone else's kids but then the reason i watched it for, for like we watched the last 20 minutes we already seen it good movie but it ends like the very end comes up on the screen um there's this final quote um from the real pt barnum the real guy who the main mm -hmm. character who launched the circus the ringling brothers and um what he says is the noblest art is that of making others happy the noblest art is that of making others happy and i thought about this just in relation to this message um yesterday morning because it has this um strong resemblance of isaiah 52 verse 7 where we read how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news who publishes peace who brings good news of happiness and it's, mm -hmm. just, it's just interesting that with Jethro, it doesn't say that Jethro came out of Moses' tent believing. It says he came out rejoicing, mm -hmm. which is exactly how P.T. Barnum wanted people coming out of his tent, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Re rejoicing. Yeah. Um, so when we share the gospel with people, um, we're not just looking for this cognitive shift that happens in their mind or even just mm -hmm. this, this behavioral change. We're looking yeah. for joy. Yeah. We're looking for this deep joy in people's lives and, and we're looking to bring joy. Mm -hmm. um, so sharing the gospel, is a, it's a noble, noble act mm -hmm. um, yeah. to bring people joy. That's the cut. Uh -huh. That's what got cut. Awesome. Yeah, well, thanks again for being with us this week. My pleasure. Really uh -huh. good to be with you guys. We hope you enjoyed listening to us this week. We will see you back next week with our South Loop pastor, Rafe Chenery. And as a reminder, we are testing this out for the summer. So if you like what you are listening to, be sure to leave us a review and rate us five stars. We will see you next week.